Are you feeling stuck or are you unstoppable? Are you tired of creating incremental growth in your business while really wanting to make quantum leaps? Well then welcome, you found the right place to be fed. This is Susan, the founder of Unstoppable Women in Business and this podcast is for women entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, anyone who is unwaveringly focused on finding the best path to success in their business. While you're here, you're gonna be asked to think differently to get different results, to do things that are challenging, but oh, so rewarding. So come on, let's get started. Hello, ladies. Welcome back. It is so good to be here with you again today, and I'm very excited about the topic. It is a fun one, and I want you to take it that way, okay? I don't want anyone listening to this to think that I'm making fun of them or beating them up about the way they're thinking, but I just had to do this. I wanted to do it in a fun way. Okay, so that's why the title is what it is, and I'm wondering if anyone here is old enough to remember Bob Newhart. Anyone? He was a comedian who had a weekly TV show where he played a therapist. This was back in the 80s, guys. It was a long time ago, so I, you know, I admit most of you probably weren't even born. But for the ones out there who do remember it, you're kind of smiling because Bob was hysterical. And in one famous episode of Bob Newhart Show, a patient of his was explaining how she had a fear of small places. It caused her severe anxiety. And he said he had a two-word solution for her. She looked super excited because this had been bothering her a while. As a matter of fact, I think the small place she was first describing that she was afraid of was um, she had this thought that she was going to be locked in a coffin, right? Alive, buried in a coffin. And so this had been causing her a lot of anxiety. And Bob, to for him to say, oh, I have a two-word solution, she was on it. She's like, oh, should I write this down? He's like, no, I think you'll remember it. Here's the solution. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It just... It just made me laugh. You've got to, if you've, I'm going to, okay, listen, I'm going to include the link to YouTube. Uh, There's a clip of this show in the show notes, and it's worth taking a two-minute watch of because it is a hysterical, um, just depiction of what sometimes goes on inside of our heads. But seriously, the reason that I wanted to do this podcast episode today is because I coach so many women who logically know that the way they're thinking about a situation is causing them pain. And yet, time after time, as we're coaching together, the same stinking problem just keeps coming back to the surface over and over and over. And sometimes I just want to say, stop it, just stop it. But what kind of coach would I be if I said that? Because it doesn't work. You know, as human beings, we are just so invested sometimes in the way that we see things and think things should be. 
And we will fight for that perspective, even though we're fully aware that it is causing us undue suffering. So in today's podcast, I really want to dive into why we not only hold on to, but actually fight for beliefs that we have that are not based in logic, rather, they're based on past experiences, things we have heard and things we have seen, and this belief grows and it has grown to a disproportionate size, and it takes up residency deep in your mind. And then it just needs to get rooted out. And people, I am on a mission to be the rotor rooter of your brain. So let's get this done. All right, to get grounded in where this episode is heading, let's start with an example that is very concrete, and I'm hoping you can relate to it since all of my listeners are business women and this podcast is about sales, I thought we could use a particularly vulnerable situation and dig around in that. So let's just say that one of your clients decides that they don't like whatever program or service they bought from you, and they want their money back. In essence, they're quitting. So this topic could go in a million different directions. I can almost hear your minds spinning right now. Like, should I let them quit? Should I give them back their money? What's the right thing to do? How am I going to handle this, right? I mean, that's what happens if anyone has ever been in this experience where, you know, somebody wasn't really all that vested or into what you were providing and they were just like, nope, I'm out. Peace out. I want my money back. That's where all of our minds start is like, oh my gosh, what is the right thing to do? And the operative word there is do. Okay, because that's an external thing. Like, what's the right thing to do to handle this situation in a way that is, I don't know, the best outcome? Okay, but guess what? We're not going to go there because that's a whole different discussion. Because the way I look at it, that is definitely an external thing that has to be taken care of and you have to figure it out and you have to make decisions and... Well, we could have an entire episode devoted on how to navigate through these types of situations and decisions to come to the best outcome for you and your client. But no, today we are going to go inward. Yes, ma'am. We're going to explore what is going on in your mind and what you're making it mean that your client is unhappy. Oh yeah, this is the fun place to go because You know, you may not have experienced someone asking for a refund or stopping services yet. You may not have, but I bet that you've experienced an interaction where the client either told you or you sensed that you didn't fulfill their expectations, right? So I think that this topic is something that everyone has to explore. Sometimes people, hey, they're not going to be a raving fan at every moment that you're interacting with them. So you can go into this scenario to help set context to where where we're heading with either somebody wasn't quite happy or somebody was so unhappy that they wanted to quit. Okay? All right. So here we go. Let's start here. This is what I know about you without even knowing who is listening to this episode. All right? I don't need to know who you are. I think I know you. Because if I... If I'm guessing right, I believe that you are someone 
who holds yourself to very high standards. Am I right? I think you're someone who wants to create experiences for your clients through whatever it is you deliver, your programs, products, services, whatever it is, but you want to deliver something that is exceptional. And do you want to know how I know this? I'm not a psychic. Believe me, I'm not. (laughs) The reason I know this is because you are here. Now, if you didn't care about being really good at what you do, you wouldn't be someone who listens to podcasts and does the work to continue to hone themselves and their craft. So I'm going to go on the premise that I do understand that you hold a very high value of doing good work. Okay, so knowing that, this also gives me clues to see how you see yourself. In essence, what your identity is rooted in. Now, you may see yourself as someone whose self-worth is tied to the quality of work that you deliver. Because if you aren't, and I'm using air quotes here, good at what you do, then who are you? What are you? Now, logically, I think you know that your self-worth shouldn't be tied to what you do, to what you put out into the world. But in this moment, when there are things happening that are pulling you in this direction, like for instance, a client who is not thinking at the moment that they like you very much, then there is a place to go and think about it, right? So let's go back there. Let's go back to the unhappy client situation. Now, the logical part of your brain, right, that neocortex, the one that operates on logic and fact, might be saying something like this, right? Okay, yeah, I can see how she might feel this way because my program isn't for everyone. You know, now that I know her, I can see where she would feel this way. Or... It might be saying, you know, I think the program's pretty good, but I don't think she really tried. She didn't do enough work to give it time enough or to be able to make that assessment, right? So your logical brain is kind of thinking through both sides of the story. Your logical brain may be going, good riddance. Like, she was a pain in the patoot, <laughs> although that's a little bit emotional. But hey, if the if the client isn't a good fit for you, She's not a good fit for you. So your logical brain is assessing the situation, asking questions, not taking it personally, and you know, just getting out there and, and kind of thinking different thoughts about, okay, why is this happening? But in enters the old brain, that primitive part of your brain that is there to protect you and keep you safe when it senses you are under attack, and an attack on what it believes to be who you are, what your identity is. I mean, this is the most precious and sensitive part of you. And so, of course, it's on alert. And so it does what it knows how to do best. It starts to protect you with thoughts that are going to shore up the beliefs that are deeply rooted in you. And it will have you retreating from the possibility of this happening to you again. I'm hoping this makes sense to you guys. It's like 
It's like if you think about when you get a virus, right, and all your antibodies go on alert and it, it surrounds um, the area of your body that might be getting attacked and tries to root out, you know, what's happening. But here's the thing. Your old brain or the primitive part of you or your brain doesn't really know what will help you or hurt you right now because it's been hardwired from your DNA to protect you from things that it perceives to be harmful. Things like rejection or disconnection from your community or clan. Like, it's not safe to be out there by yourself. It's not safe to be rejected. From the old brain's perspective, that makes you very vulnerable. Is it true? No. But that is what it perceives to be true in the moment. And it especially wants to protect you from things that are threatening your survival, like making money and providing a roof over your head and food for your body, right? So this is under attack when someone is not like happy with you. So it's always on alert and it's always there to protect you. But like I said, it doesn't really understand. Or let's just say quite often it overreacts when you're faced with a situation that is challenging to manage through. Your primitive brain is standing at the ready to respond when there's something it needs to pay attention to. So what's happening here is there's a war going on inside of your head. There's that logical brain, right? The logical brain is thinking thoughts and the primitive brain is thinking other thoughts. But instead of those logical thoughts around where there could be some truth in the situation at hand, and it's not a big deal, we'll just figure it out, right? Those thoughts, oh no. Your primitive brain starts taking you down this rabbit hole of thoughts that could sound something like this. I'm a failure. Oh my gosh, I've been found out. I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't provide good programs or services. I don't want to do this anymore, or at least not today, right? It's a very emotional place to go. The old brain shoots at you all of these emotional thoughts because it knows what will happen next. You're going to start listening and absorbing this monkey chatter. And before you know it, you're going to start feeling completely inadequate or overwhelmed or perhaps even scared. And now the old brain has you right where it wants you. When you're feeling any of these emotions, that feeling, that heavy feeling in you of inadequacy and like, I'm not good enough, what will you do? Retreat. You're going to back off. You're going to stew on it. You won't make decisions. You'll avoid everything. And you will do anything other than the logical next step to do. What's happening is you're thinking what an upset client means about you. And it's become a story that becomes just larger than life in your brain. And it makes it impossible to do anything productive for yourself or the client. So stop it. <laughs> just stop it. I'm not kidding you. I'm just making myself laugh here because that's what Bob Newhart would have told you. And I'd like to offer you maybe just a little bit more when it comes to what to do when you find yourself in this situation. Because I know more than anything else, Bob's advice just would not cut it for you. Because when something like this comes up, when some sort of conflict 
that you start perceiving as a personal attack happens, what I want you to think about first is just notice what thoughts are coming up for you. And if you can, jot the ones down on a piece of paper, make notes about which ones are creating the most powerful emotions because you know what you're thinking does create the emotion in you. But you got to name the prevailing emotion. Like you really have to get curious, guys. You have to like stop and say, I notice what's going on here. I get that it's coming from that part that's trying to protect me. So let's just look at it and let's think about what is the thought here that's really like tearing me up? And and in this situation, it might be the thought, they think I don't know what I'm doing, right? We've all been there. We've all been insecure, thinking we're not enough. But you notice how that thought makes you feel, if that is your thought, right? Is it the feeling of inadequacy? Is it anger? Maybe out of the gate, it's anger. But then maybe it's fear? Name it. What's the emotion? When you're doing this, be careful. Because when I ask clients to to try to name their emotion, a lot of times they come up with another thought. And I want you to just be really, really like cognizant that sometimes it's hard to name that emotion that you're feeling. And we we go to thoughts a lot of times. And I want you to write this down because I want you to look at it and question yourself. Okay, so if the prevailing thought is, they think I don't know what I'm doing, how does that make me feel? What is the emotion? What am I feeling? And pinpoint that feeling and write that down. Because I'm telling you, you've got to get to this level of really getting curious and and rooting around in there and figuring out what the heck is going on. Why is my primitive brain taking me this place? Now, here's the next thing you're going to do. And I think you're going to be surprised at what I ask you to do here. Okay? I want you to ask yourself this question about your thought. What part of that thought might be true? What? What? Wait a minute. The thought is they think I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. What part of that thought might be true? Here's the thing. We're not perfect. No one is perfect. Ask yourself, be really honest with yourself. Is there something you could have done or said differently or better that would have served the client and met them exactly where they were? Or were you off your game for some reason at some point? Or maybe the product wasn't the right product or service for them, right? So what part of the client's perspective might be true? Hmm, that's interesting. Because listen, what I've found so often is that when I get really angry at someone for judging me, because that's what's happening, I'm perceiving that that person is saying, you're not good enough, you know, your stuff isn't good enough. Um, I'm perceiving that they're judging me and I get really angry. Well, a lot of times the underlying reason is that this is how I judge myself. It's like I've been found out. And that's why, you know, that's why it hurts. That's why we get angry. That's why we get 
scared. They just figured out my deepest, darkest fear about myself. And yeah, it makes me scared. (laughs) By the way, I'll tell you what. I love it when I hear a coach say, I fired my client. (laughs) Like, It makes me laugh because the way people say it, it's almost like wearing a badge of honor that you are right and they are wrong. Now, I never know. You never know what's behind the statement. So I don't want you to think, I'm. if you've said it, please don't take this personal because there's lots of things that happen. But sometimes I just wonder if it's a little bit of the hurt child saying, I'm really good, right? I'm enough, aren't I? Just think about it. Just an interesting thing to think about. Because the mind, oh my gosh, you guys, it's such an interesting thing to explore, especially when you do hard things and you put yourself out there to be critiqued and, yes, sometimes criticized. It's not always pleasant what comes back at you. But seriously, the more you look at each situation objectively and figure out what part of the thoughts going through your mind are fact, possibly true, what part of it is a story that your primitive brain is shooting at you to protect you, the more you're going to be able to diagnose where these insecurities and self-judgments are coming from and be able to really marinate on it and decide for yourself whether or not the way you're thinking about any given situation is really productive or serving you. Or if it perhaps is something that you can kind of adjust your perspective on, think of it in a a different and more non-emotional way, and come to a better action and result for yourself and for your clients. It's a growth opportunity, guys. We love these growth opportunities, right? Because it hurts while you're doing it. It's painful and it's a lot of work. But I'm telling you, when you get to the other side, it's like, wow. Wow, I have learned something about myself, something that I can take forward with me and use in future situations and maybe get to a a better answer and a better result faster because of the work that I'm doing. I call it thinking on purpose. And I'll tell you what, I have a whole course on this in the Success Collaborative. It's called the Unstoppable Mind Management Practice. And I call it a practice because guess what? This ain't a one and done thing, people. You are going to have these thoughts every time you put yourself out there, every single time you do something that pushes you to grow a little bit, this kind of stuff happens. And you've got to be equipped to think through it and to be able to come to different conclusions in a way that will continue to help you grow yourself and grow your business. So if anyone out there is interested, the Success Collaborative is the place I love to hang out. I love the women in there and I would love to see you in there. So if you're interested, just check out my website, the links in the show notes, and let's just chat. I'm I'm not asking you to marry me, but let's at least just have a chat about it and see if it's the right place for you to grow. All right. Have an amazing day today. I love being here with you. And until we meet again, lady, you go get them. 
Come on, I know you can do it. Take care. Hey there, lady. What are you doing? We need to get to know each other better. Come on over and visit me at www.unstoppablewomeninbusiness.com and check it out. I've got so much good stuff over there for you and I would love to get to know you better. So come on, come on over. Let's hang out.